Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. This summer in August, that I did a series on uh, the conversation of the values that um, I wanted One Hope to become passionate about. And the very last culture that I talked about was a culture of sending. Believing that we are continuing the work that Jesus came to do when the Father sent him to this earth. That our, our job is to continue the mission that Jesus had. And I read this verse. Uh, I read this verse that Sunday. I want to read it again. It's Matthew chapter 9. Matthew tells us that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, he looks at his disciples, he says, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. I want to tell you, we are living that verse out all the time. Not just this past week when a bunch of us went to Guatemala. We are living this house play, uh, time after time throughout the year. And I don't have the time or ability right now to tell you everything that One Hope does. So you're going to have to trust me that this is a very active church in who serves the people of, that God puts in front of us all the time, all year long. But I want, to, I want to remind you, I want to tell you, this past year we have partnered with some really good organizations. We have partnered with World Hope and doing a work in Haiti. And you know there's chaos and destruction in Haiti. We've been partnering with a hospital there that's dealing with people who are hurting. We have partnered with global partners and works in Ecuador. We have partnered with Impacto Ministries in Guatemala. We have partnered with Filter of Hope in Cuba. We have partnered with Desi Rescue worldwide. We have partnered with a handful of missionaries all over the place and that doesn't even count talking about the things we do in town through um you know love tree you see in the lobby today and partnering with three schools and i'm talking about love week we do before easter the whole week with 30 organizations we partner with it doesn't count it also doesn't count the christmas offering where we give away every year around sixty thousand dollars to this community there is a lot going on and like i said i can't give every detail of uh, what's happening through our church but today i want to highlight three areas Three areas just to give you a picture of what God has done and is going to do through your church. And so um, what I'm going to do um, is I'm going to invite Kalikas up. And I've said, hey, Kalikas, will you give your church a picture of what God did in Cuba um, this summer so that we can kind of wrap our minds around the work that um, our partnership is doing? So, Kalikas, can I pass this on to yes, you? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Good morning, One Hope. Um, like Scott mentioned, first I just want to say, man, I am I'm so excited and so blessed to be a part of a church that's willing to partner with our brothers and sisters across the world to spread the message of hope in Jesus Christ, man. It's a beautiful thing, and I want to share with you guys how we have been able to impact the beautiful nation of Cuba. This past summer was our third time going to Cuba, and every time we go, we partner with the Filter of Hope organization who has an in-country team that's connected with local churches there. And literally every day we go door to door 
to do two things. We give out water filters to families who desperately need clean water. It's a big deal there. And we also share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people who are so desperate and so receptive to it. It's really cool. And you, I've mentioned that there are local churches there, so you may be asking yourselves, okay, water filters, I understand that, but if there's local churches there us spreading the message of the gospel and sharing, are they not able to do that? And the truth is that they are. But the Cuban church, who, by the way, these people are so on fire for the Lord, man. They are not intimidated by the government or by their situations. These people are passionate about the Lord, but they face unique battles there because Christianity is not a big part of Cuba. In fact, the religion that's dominant there is called Santeria. And it is a mix of some Catholicism with a little bit of voodoo. And so there's idol worship and there's uh, sacrifices all over. And so they battle with difficult things, but they are passionate, man. And they have great relationships with their brothers and sisters when it comes to spreading the gospel. The Cubans there are kind of resistant to it because it's like, you're just like me, who are you to tell me, you know? But the Cubans love Americans. And when we come and we tell them that we have a gift, man, they're like, oh, yeah, they open their homes and they open their hearts. God uses us as a foot into the door, not just of their homes, but in their hearts. And so we, along with our Cuban brothers and sisters, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are able to penetrate the hearts of the Cuban people there for Christ. It's beautiful. And I want to share a couple of stories of what we've been able to experience and how the Holy Spirit is moving there. So every time we go out, we break out into teams. And the team that I was leading, we went to this, uh, this neighborhood and we were going door to door, like I said. And every time we would knock, the people would say, nope, I'm good, they closed the door. Nope, I'm good, they closed the door. It kept happening over and over, which is really weird because usually like they're like, yeah, come in. But the Holy Spirit said to me, the person that you're going to meet is going to be very intentional. And so I shared that with the team. And we were just walking, and we came across this guy named David. And he took us to his house. We met him. We met uh, his sweet fiance and their child. And we were installing the filter. He was grateful for it and sharing the gospel with him. And as we were talking to him, man, just tears was in his eyes. And we ended up finding out that God had been working on him for a long time. But he was resistant. He was resistant because he had an aunt who kept preaching that message to him. But it just so happened that at this season of life, he just had a, a baby. God softened his heart. And when we came in and shared this gift, this free gift, this water filter and this message of salvation, man, his heart was open to the Lord and he received salvation. And we found out later that he is actually very influential in his neighborhood. He has a lot of, of influence there. And a couple days later, we went and met this lady who... Uh, we found out was David's mom, and she was a nurse. And so we were like, do you know that your son gave his life to the Lord? She's like, yes, and I want to hear. And so we were able to share the message with her, and she received salvation. And the Holy Spirit was like, yes, look at what I'm doing. These people have influence. This lady is a nurse, right? Human people love her. David, super influential in this community. And so now they can influence the community for Christ. It's beautiful. And there was another story with one of our groups who met this guy named Michael. Now, this guy, Michael, I told you there's a, this religion, Santeria, it's idol worship, it's sacrificing, and this guy, Michael, was deep into that, and so they were trying to share the message to him, and he was feeling it, right, the Holy Spirit was moving, but this religion had such a grip on him, he, he didn't 
feel comfortable making a decision about Christ. He wanted to know more. And so they left him with the gift, move on, and um, met this lady named Anissa and her uh, little son down there, um, Jackson is his name. And they were installing the filter and just talking with them. And then all of a sudden, Michael shows up at her house. And Jackson, like, runs over and gives them a hug. And they're speaking in Spanish, but you can tell they have a relationship there. And so they're interacting, and then he ends up leaving. They share the message of the gospel with her. And come to find out, she's actually a Christian. But she had been living her, her faith in secret. She wasn't living it out. People didn't know. And she felt convicted from hearing that message and from what we were saying to live out her faith. And so the Holy Spirit was showing us, man, you have this guy who wants to know more, who wants to experience more of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And this woman who has been um, sheltering her faith and now wants to live it out, and they're connected. And so the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work in that relationship. And this was a story after story after story. It was beautiful. And I want to share uh, the full picture of what we were able to do while we were there that week in Cuba. We gave out 83 water filters, which means 203 people now have access to clean water, which is a big deal. They get sick all the time because of the water there. 158 people heard the gospel, and 91 people repented and gave their life to the Lord and connected to the church. So celebrate that. It's beautiful because of your willingness, church, to support with resources and to go and do this work. The kingdom of God is spreading throughout Cuba. And we're going to go again next year, God willing. And we just ask that you continue to pray and pour out your love and your time and your energy into this because God is moving in your obedience. Thank you so much. It's good. Kalikas is able to lead a trip. Because we have a church that cares about going beyond these, this experience on Sunday morning. And so those statistics he gave are not just because of what they did. It's because of what we did together. You are part of that story. You're also part of the story of this last week. Like I said, we had, um, we had a group go to Guatemala. I'd never been to Guatemala before. I had an opportunity before in the past. I was planning on it, but something happened. I couldn't go. And so um, really, actually, last minute this year, it was needed for Amber and I to pick up this trip to lead it and um, was looking forward to it. But also, be honest, going into the trip, we're, pre we're, we're pretty tired. We've been pretty busy. And so life had been chaotic. But I want to tell you, just being over there, while I come back tired, it was a different tired than when I left because of the, f the filling that happens over there. Just to quickly tell you, um, we did two days of a medical um, a, a, a medical treatment inside um, a couple churches there. We saw uh, 200 people go through this medical um, examinations and whether eyeglasses or medicines or it, it's hard to explain all the things that people needed. We visited uh, three or four churches of the 17 different churches that Impacto has started in Guatemala that we've been a part of for like 30 years now. We met grandparents, so they call abuelitos. We were met with those kids in the Happy Tummies program, which, which maybe if you, every time you get a coffee, it goes to this Happy Tummies program where the kids came in and they're able to have a lunch. They're able to get their vitamins. They're able to brush their teeth. These things that are so normal for us. I was talking to one of the teachers, and she said they're super excited for Monday to come, and you can tell they're hungry. Why? Because they haven't eaten. 
throughout the weekend. They come Monday and they get their meal, and we're able to spend time just um, building them up, playing with them, encouraging them. The teachers and the people who do it every single day, we're able to be a part of it. I just can't explain in words what happened this week, and so instead of me explaining it, I want you to get a picture through this video of this past week in Guatemala.
Guatemala is a beautiful country with some beautiful people. There is some amazing uh, ministry going on there. How we approach missions here at One Hope is that we see people already doing the work of Jesus. And we say, we believe in you, and we're going to come support you. We're going to lift you up. It happens in Cuba when they go support the churches over there. It happens in Guatemala when we go support Impact Ministries. And there's 17 churches with their, with their um, happy tummies and Abolito programs. And Jesus is being proclaimed in these places. And our job, I believe, is to come support them and help them, encourage them to continue the work that Jesus is doing around the world. Well, another organization that I believe so deeply in is, is Destiny Rescue. And if you've been part of One Hope, you have seen this gentleman come time after time. And we love bringing him back because he's an amazing partner to us. And I want you to hear what's going on with Destiny's Rescue as part of today's message. So Tom, will you come up? And One Hope, will you welcome him again? Man, it is good to be with y'all. One, because you guys are like family, and two, because we can celebrate Alabama one. <laughs> I, 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 we, God is doing so much incredible things, like, and I get, to, I get to wear hope gear today, just like many of you, and celebrate the hope that is being extended all around the world. You've seen it, you've heard Kalikas talk about it, I was, I was talking with Pastor Scott a minute ago before service, and he's sharing all the things that you guys are doing in the local communities and how women's groups are serving and men are going out and doing all these incredible things. And he's like, there's just too much to tell. And I'm like, that's a great reality to be facing when you have so much to share that you just can't fit it all in. So you're just going to have to continue to hear about it and roll and celebrate continually how you're bringing hope. But I want you to also hear how, what hope sounds like around the world. So if you're ready, I want you to listen to this. I, I, I led that song in worship. That was one of my first songs that I ever led worship on a guitar when I was a youth pastor. And I was like, that's a great, fun song. That song took on a whole other meaning when it's 70 young girls who've re been rescued in Uganda this year who not only heard the gospel, but also realized that God can restore brokenness and, he and bring healing to them. And then now they're using their voice to celebrate and lift up the name of the Most High God in worship and praise. And church, you're a part of it. Can we celebrate what God is doing? <laughs> Last year, we rescued 3,144 individuals. And if you're new to One Hope, Destiny Rescue, we exist to rescue kids from sexual exploitation and human trafficking and help them stay free. And as a part of this church, you have brought freedom and rescue, and you get to celebrate because you had a hand in 3,144 individuals being freed. So far this year, you guys have had a hand. Yeah, we can celebrate that. So far, you guys, have, we, as an organization, we've been able to rescue over 2,600 so far this year. 
Those that, that, that 2,600 are, 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 I can tell you the story of 70 kids in the Dominican Republic who were rescued as a part of a raid that had to, to be set up across 11 places simultaneously because the reality of cell phones is that if you hit one location, by the time you get to the 11th one, nobody's there because they've been tipped off. So our partnerships with, with federal law enforcement in the Dominican, we hit 11 places and rescued 68. Now, if you're doing the math, you're like, you're too short. This is how God works. One of the traffickers that we were trying to set up to, to get arrested and to rescue the kids that he was bringing didn't show up. He sends a text, not having heard what happened to his 11 other buddies. And he's like, hey, do you still want kids? And we're like, yes. The agent arranged to meet him in a parking lot of a, of a super center. He verifies that there's kids in his car. The, uh, the officers come and arrest him, and we rescue two more. We rescued 70 in that raid. I can tell you the story of Sally. I got to meet Sally just a couple of weeks ago as we're sitting across the, the camera um, because the, the reality of technology is you can see anybody around the world, right? So I got to meet Sally and I got to hear her story, how she was 12 years old and her mom died and she had to take care of her younger siblings and she just... Uh, she was tricked and trapped into the reality of going, if you want a safe place, then you have to earn your living and you have to earn your bed. So she was forced to be with customers multiple times a night. And that reality for her is now she's free and we're able to come alongside of her and help her not only find healing, but actually continue her education to learn a skill so that she can start a business and she's going to be able to provide for her family and her younger siblings. That's the reality of rescue and freedom. Our agents go out undercover in places that have bars and brothels and we rescue kids out. And one hope, I want to say thank you. Now you'll hear more. I'll come back in a couple of months and we're going to talk a little bit more and I'm going to be able to share lots of stories with you. But can I tell you in this moment, thank you for how you're bringing hope around the world. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go into Luke chapter 5 because I believe God has a word for us today as, as you're diving in and exploring how God might use you to bring hope and freedom and healing and restoration and share the gospel continually around the world. We're going to read in Luke 5 verse 17. Now, if you've been around church, this may be a familiar story for you, and if not, that's okay, because I believe that, that there's something for us as we dive in. This may be a new story, but lean in, because I, I think God's got something for us. Verse 17 reads like this, one day Jesus was teaching. Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, and they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Holy Spirit was upon them, was upon him to heal. Or, I'm sorry, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Say man on a mat. Oh, come on. Man on a mat. So they were bringing a man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love these guys. Maybe you guys do too. But I love these guys because there's, I mean, these guys are like pretty amazing. Like they're bold and gutsy. Um, you ever just blaze your way through a crowd? You haven't? Come Black Friday, you will. You'll, you'll want that thing. And, and, and you've had Thanksgiving dinner, so you've stocked up all the energy, you've eaten all the food, and you are raring to go. You've had a really good nap the day before. Black Friday comes, and you're going to run into the store. 
Actually, no, most of us won't. We're just going to click Amazon and it's going to get delivered, right? But I love these guys because they, they do some things that, that are unique and I think we can learn from them. The first is they see someone that others have looked past. Now, I don't know the conversation, but these four guys probably just hanging out going, hey, let's go see this Jesus guy that everybody's talking about. So as we go to see Jesus, they're on their way, and they look over, and they see a guy who's, who's on the side of the road begging because that's what happens in the first century. Beggars stay by where the flow of traffic is so they can get resources, and they can get help, and they can ask people to, to care for them and to, to help them out in their time of need. And they look at the guy, and they're like, let's bring him. But for a moment, I would, I would like to say this. I would like to say that they saw somebody that everybody else looked past. Because I know what it's like when I'm in my car and I'm in a hurry to get somewhere and I pull up to a stop sign and there's that person who's standing on the side of the road asking for help. You know what happens typically? I look at him and I go, Lord bless him. And then I won't make eye contact. Or, or, or I may go, uh, I, I'm just going to turn right real quick. They actually stopped and they brought him to Jesus. They saw somebody that somebody had overlooked and I'm, they also had a moment where they believed that Jesus is the answer. And you know what I love about you guys? I love that your hope can, not only is hope that something can be different for somebody, but you have an internal hope that Jesus can make a difference. And if you just get people to Jesus, everything changes. Because that's the reality of our faith, right? When you come to God, everything changes in the presence of the one who created all the heavens and the earth. And then they begin to assess what needs to get done to solve the problem. For those of you who are, who are problem solvers, any problem solvers in the room? You can look at a problem and you just instinctively know what to do. They walk up to the room, to the house where Jesus is talking and they're filled. They can't get in. They're like, well, we can't, we can't push our way in like it's packed. So because we, we can't get into Jesus, what are we going to do? And somebody's like, wait, you know what? Those beams there, those are main supports. So if we drop in between the beams, like, and we've got rope, like, they just begin to problem solve. Like, I, I love folks who can just see something and immediately they just know what to do and they begin to act. They begin to assess what needs to be done, solve the problem, they're go-getters, and they risk reputation and begin to dig through a roof. Now, I've gone on a few missions trips in my life, and never once has somebody asked me to construct a single thing. I'll just let that hang for a minute and let you determine what that means. But when it comes time to, like, knock down a wall or tear down drywall or do just demolition, they're like, dude, could you please help? I tried once to do plumbing in my house. I called my father-in-law, who was just a few minutes away down the road, and I also FaceTimed my father, and both of them said, call a plumber. <laughs> and they can fix anything. These guys begin to tear through the tile of a roof of a house they didn't own. To drop a guy to Jesus, that's how convinced they were. They were willing to dig through the roof and risk the reputation. I mean, imagine being the homeowner. Like, you're sitting there talking to Jesus, and Jesus is teaching, and all of a sudden, dust starts to rain down, and you're like, what is going on? You begin to look up, and you're like, dude, that's my roof! What are you doing? 
And then they begin to lower the guy down on the mat. Imagine the trust of the man who had the need that he would allow somebody to drop him down using ropes in front of Jesus. Because he knew what they knew. And that's when you get in the presence of Jesus, everything changes. That's why you go on mission trips, One Hope. That's why you go do water filters. That's why you go to Happy Tummies and you go to Guatemala. That's why you empower missionaries to go around the world and do all the things that they're doing because you know and you believe it's a value that if you get in front of Jesus, everything changes. And these guys did it. They were willing to invest not only their time and energy, but also their resources because in Jewish tradition and history, the reality is, is they would have to cover the cost of the roof. So not only were they willing to risk their reputation, but they were willing to invest their resources to, to care for this guy, to make sure that he met Jesus, and Jesus changed the situation, and man, they made an impact. And if they, Because if they didn't make an impact, we wouldn't be talking about him today. But there's a danger in this story, and the danger in the story is this. You read it, and you're like, yep, that was a one-time event. They brought this guy to Jesus, and Jesus healed him, and now what? What happens when they meet the next guy, the next girl, the next lady? What do they do when they meet the next person who needs to get Jesus? We don't know. We don't know what happens. I'd like to think they did it again. But I don't know that about them, but I know that about you. As a church, one hope, you do it again. You continue to bring freedom to kids trapped in exploitation. You continue to care for people with medical needs and, and needing food. You continue to bring the gospel in water filters. You continue to do it again. So can I encourage you today, will you do it again? Because you've already done it. Will you be willing to do it again? Will you see people with fresh eyes, the ones that everybody else overlooks? Will you believe that Jesus can raise them up and change their lives? And by the way, can I tell you that if you're believing for a family member or a friend or a child that has wandered from God or that hasn't yet given their life to Christ, will you pray for them again? Will you lean in again? Will you bring them before Jesus? Will you bring people to Jesus again and use your strength to dig through roofs, to do demolition, to build, to lower people in front of Jesus, to risk your reputation, to go and do and cover the cost to get them to go to Jesus. Will you do it again? I want you to see a story of why it's important for us to do it again. Take a look at this. was I wanted to be a doctor, but I never reached my dream. I had no hope. My mom was sick. I had to go on the street to sell myself. Ten men a day just to take care of my little siblings. Destiny Rescue welcomed me. Yeah, they cancelled me well. So we have to they told me about the Bible and Jesus Christ. I'm now a changed person. I'm now a changed person. I have a new hope. Okay. I want to get my own business and I take care of my siblings and even my mom. Everything is possible. 
I could never lose hope. I trust God. Can we celebrate that this morning? When you do it again, girls like Ariana get to live out their hopes and dreams. When you do it again, kids continue to be free. So New One Hope, thank you so much for how you've done it, and I encourage you to do it again. Thanks. So he's right. We will do it again, and we'll do it again, and again, and again, because that's all we know is to keep going, bringing people to Jesus, bringing hope to people who have lost hope. And this has been probably like a whirlwind today of like all this stuff coming in front of you. But, but I want to put this in front of you, one, so that you can be proud of your church and what is happening. But two, to ask you the question, like, what's your role in this? I love getting off stage a second ago and I get a text. Um, count me in next year for Guatemala. I'm going to start saving now. Begin to talk about kids. Begin to talk about our family. Like, what's the involvement here? Because this is the reaction we should have. It should grab our hearts and say, what is our part? And some people can send me a text and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Other people, you know you can't make that trip, so what's your role? Well, I want to ask you, will you start praying for our church that we're effective in ministry this way? Will you pray for the partnerships that we have with ministries that they can do the work that God has called them to do? Will you look for ways that you can serve, that you can volunteer with things maybe that are local because we need to bring Jesus to people who are close around us as well. Jesus is needed in Tuscaloosa County. Will you be part of maybe praying, should I go to a future trip? And there are people that went with us in Guatemala had never flown before, let alone a mission trip. But they said, I want to do this. I know I'm supposed to do this. First time mission trip people and their life is changed. Will you consider it? And thirdly, will, or, or lastly, will you consider maybe going is not your thing, but you want to help other people go financially. You want to help these ministries be effective financially. There are people that all year long, they give above and beyond their regular ties just to this global impact fund. And this year, our goal is $80,000 that we can give to the work that is beyond us. We are going to give $30,000 to impact in Guatemala. So much work that's needed. World Hope, this year, we're making a transition. We're going to start, uh, we're going to join them in their partnerships as work in Israel is needed because Jesus needs to be proclaimed in Israel with everything that's going on right now. Filter of Hope, we're still going to be doing the trip. Destiny's Rescue, we're giving them. We have ministry partners and, and um, missionaries that we need to support, and then we need to be ready for when something happens and says, hey, we can jump in to respond to emergencies that are happening. Will you be part? This is part of carrying the mat. And everybody can play their part because everybody's life and story is different. But I would love to think that at One Hope, everybody has a passion and they'll live out that passion that fits their life. But you won't watch other people just carry a mat. You will grab one and say, I'm in with you. 
So will you pray, where is your role in the next year? Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. People need to hear about Jesus and we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The gospel, yes, but also the physical needs of God's children that are needed throughout this world. God, Jesus said the workers are few. May not that not be said about us. It wouldn't just be the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, and people of one hope respond, and they do their part as God impresses it on their heart. We are carrying out the mission that Jesus came to do. Every time you are active in ministry, you are continuing what happened a couple thousand years ago when Jesus says to the disciples, we got to get to work. Because there's a world that needs hope. A world that needs people to just give themselves away. This isn't a small thing. It's not just a thing that we do as a church. We are acting out the example that Jesus lived while he was here. And that, I hope, captures, grabs a hold of, and grows in your soul. That I want to have so many conversations with One Hope people where you say, Scott, help me figure out my role in this. But one place is very simple today in all your seats. There is those, those um, see, feel, act cards. If you do want to be a part of it financially, will you take those and place them into the boxes as you leave today? Will you help us do the ministry that I was talking about? Will you help us give to Destiny's Rescue? Will you help us give to Impact? Will you help us give to Cuba? Will you help us to give? Oh, will you be part of that? Because man, God is using our church. God has used our church and God is going to use us in the future. And I want you to be a part of it. Heavenly Father, whew, there is so much I want to talk about today, but we could only give a, just a picture of what's happening. But God, I pray that your church today saw what your heart for this place is a place that joins you in ministry, a place that cares about people who need the hope of Jesus and the hope of something for tomorrow that will sustain them. God, I pray that this will be a church that just doesn't come and worships and leaves, but our life is a place of worship, whether we serve in this community or a country beyond us. God, I pray that this place would have a broken heart for doing the work that Jesus did on this earth, and we would settle for nothing less. So God, I'm just asking your Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Whatever the message is that each individual needs, I pray you would speak that in a very clear but convicting way. God, we want to be like your son Jesus and how he lived life. So you help us do that. Show us. 
thank you for including us, that we get to be a part of it. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.